a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call with your questions, 801 575 You can also text us at 57500. We'll be getting back to our phone lines in just a minute, but the top of the hour feature today, uh, you want to talk about the different pest advisories that are out there, Ton, so people can be made aware of when there is a problem and what they should do about it. Yes. Utah State University offers a service for free. Uh, these are run by some of our different um, entomologists, pathologists, and things on campus. But they have advisories that they email out periodically having to do with fruit, vegetables, turf, and then other landscape plants. And these are emailed to you, and what they are is a not really just a list, but brief articles on what you need to expect coming up, what they're seeing out there, and also if you're you know growing apples or peaches, timing for sprays, and they give you both organic and conventional options depending on what you want to do. Yeah, I'm taking a look at this, and it looks like uh, they send them out about once a week or once every. Yeah, couple during of critical weeks. Pi- times they do, and then as the season progresses, it may be a little less often. But um, vegetable gardens. I just got an email the other day mm-hmm. with someone's cabbage that had a lot of the leaves were being eaten, and it was flea beetle damage. And if you had subscribed to these pest lab updates, you could have compared the pictures and quickly known, oh, that's flea beetle. And they would have given you some solutions to it. Yeah, the one that came out on June 14th, flea beetles, cabbage loopers, diamondback moths, aphids, thrips, and earwigs. That's what they're advising us about right now. Yes, and so the earwigs are trying to prep people to get ready before the earwigs were in August and they're everywhere. So these advisories, I just wanted to make people aware of them. And so they need to go to pestadvisories.usu.edu. A lot of great information. Yes. And there's on this page in the top right hand corner, there's a place to subscribe. We don't share your email with anybody. So you're not going to be getting mysterious 
emails, you know, wanting you to, uh, people wanting to deposit money in your bank account or anything. So, but yeah, subscribe for free, but the website is pestadvisories.usu.edu. I love the pictures too. Well, I'm not sure I like woolly aphids, but it's nice to be able to see what they look like. It really is. And they give you conditions of where they thrive and how to avoid them. And then if you have a problem, what you can spray. So, all right. Anything else you wanted to tell us? Just that. It's a lot of times when people have fruit tree questions, you know, can you tell me a complete list of when I need to spray my peaches? These pest advisories will do that in real time. Do you have anything for allergies on there? Okay. No, no, nothing for allergies yet. Oh, honestly. All right. Well, we're done a little bit early. We'll go right back to our phone lines then. Let's see. We have Jean in Sandy that's been standing by. Good morning, Jean. What was your question this morning? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, we put in some arborvitaes um, last fall, and um, now little twigs of it are dying off. Um, we had them professionally planted and watered and fertilized and all of that. So little twigs are falling off. And then I noticed on one of them is a lot of webbing with tiny green little caterpillar worms. And so I just didn't know what kind of spray I should put on for that. And then also it has a support rod or whatever in it. And when do I take that out? So I apologize. I missed what kind of plant is it? The Arborvitae. Arborvitae. Okay. And you're probably maybe seeing 10, and this is all in the same plant? No, all of them are dying off a little bit. But so you have more kinds of plant than Arborvitae? No, well, the only place that I see the the little webbing and the little green worms is on the arborvitae, but okay. just on one of the five. Okay, so what I would do is just get a horticultural soap, and you can pick that up from any farm store or local garden center. You can get ready-to-use spray or concentrate that you mix yourself, and just spray those caterpillars with horticultural soap and see if that gets rid of them. Okay. And then when do I pull the support rod thing? Uh, you, could pull, you could pull it right now. And so the only thing you'd want to be sure of is that the plant is an extra floppy, but you don't want to leave that stick on for more than a year, but it could come out today. Okay. Okay. And then I have hollyhops and they're starting to get, I can't remember the name of the disease that they get where they're rusting. And I just needed to know what kind of um, spray to put on those. Now, are they getting a fungus or is it an insect? Well, you know, some of the leaves are are eaten, but um, they get that rusting, you know, speckles, and, and then the leaves turn yellow and die at the base. Well, I think they naturally do that as they get taller. You know, if you had... A general fungicide, you could try it, but I've noticed that a lot of hollyhocks, as they grow tall, the leaves at the base do start to yellow out a bit. Now, if it's the entire plant, then there's a problem, but if it's just the leaves at the base and 80 or 90% of the leaves look fine, then I don't know that I would worry. Oh, okay. And then my sunflowers are being eaten this year, and um, I wondered, is there a... um, do you want me to use a horticultural soap on those? Well, it depends a- on what is eating them. 
because you need to get it directly on those bugs. That if you could, then that would knock out whatever was there. But you know, are do you just have something chewing here and there, or are they killing your plants? No, it's not killing the plants, but they're you know they're having a nice dinner. Yeah, and so if it's you know if eighty five or ninety percent of the leaf is intact and they're just not doing a lot of damage. You might just let it go, but if you see that more of the plants are being eaten, especially you know if they're getting if you're wanting the flowers and things, then you may need to use just a general yard and garden insecticide and spray them with that. Now, are you eating the seeds from the sunflowers, or are they just ornamental? No, I just leave them for the birds. Okay, yeah, and you could just spray the foliage with a general insecticide to see if that would help get rid of whatever's on there. I know of a few different beetles that will feed on sunflowers. Okay, sounds great. I sure appreciate all your help. Thank you. All right, Jane, thanks for your call this morning. Uh, While we're talking about beetles, our next texter, Ton, says, they found a beetle that looks like a ladybug, and they're wondering if that's bad for the yard. No idea. I just don't know what what it is. Yeah, I have no idea. There are several species of ladybug that are in Utah. That look like beetles? That or? look, they are all beetles. Ladybugs well, are really ladybugs beetles. Ladybugs are beetles. Yes. Oh. And they would need to look up maybe Utah ladybugs or ladybugs of the Intermountain West. And they have what are called end stars or they have different forms. And so you see a larval ladybug and it looks totally different than an adult. And so there's a lot of different things. The only thing that I know of that looks like a ladybug that is bad are the potato beetles look similar to a ladybug. Mm-hmm. And they could look that up. All right. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. Adrian and Brad, you're coming up next. Number to text, 57500. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thanks for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Anton with you, taking your calls, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. Uh, next listener, Ton, says they have a Kwanzaa cherry tree, and they're wondering how they can control the suckers that come up. Just keep clipping them. There are a couple of products that they can clip the suckers and then immediately spray. There's Sucker Stopper and... I can't remember the name of the other one. They can be picked up from local garden centers and farm stores. And that will slow them down, but some trees are just more prone to it than others. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no magic spray out there because for homeowners, anything that would knock the suckers out would also either harm or kill the parent tree. Uh, next listener would like to know if red hot pokers can be divided, and if so, when would they do that? 
So what are they dividing? The red hot pokers. Red hot pokers. I would divide them in either late fall or early spring, probably late fall. And they're, those are ones that once you plant them, they are there. And they're there they to stay. Are very healthy. Yes. You definitely want to divide them at some point because they get huge. They do. Now, the thing is, once you divide them, they may not bloom the next season. No, but they'll come back. They're very durable plants. No doubt about it. Uh, Let's go back to our phone lines. Adrian is on the line in Erda. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning. It's so great to hear your voice. And those little uh, woolly apple apple aphids, they are so cute. How come you don't like them? Uh, Well, (laughs) hmm. I don't like many bugs. Let me just put it that way. You're too kind. Anyway, back to my quick question here. Out here in Erda. Uh, Todd, I think that uh, we just didn't have much of the fire blight this year. Is that pretty common around because of the rain, the cold, and it never got hot, so the blossoms were gone? Is that is that pretty normal? We're not seeing nearly as much this year. We are seeing strikes in prone trees, but, yeah, not nearly as much, at least in residential areas. Okay, so that's the question I had there. Now that the blossoms are gone, the, the apples and pears are really sizing up quickly, and and what you said there, last year we didn't have hardly any because of frost. So this year we are loaded. Everything in the orchard is just so full. Uh, so we had to do a lot of thinning. But looks like uh, there's no more chance of fire blight than uh, in, out here in Urga, right? Not really. I mean, you can still spread it through pruning maybe. Um, uh, and if you see any cankers, remove them. But uh, the, the vast majority of the fire blight risk is gone. Okay, well, thank you. All right, Great Adrian. Show. Keep it up, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Great. Thanks so much for your call this morning. Uh, Nexus Nartan is wondering if delicata squash are hard to grow. I've never – I don't know what that is. Is that a, a – I think they're the little – Autocorrect, or no, is that, a, is that a it's a type of squash, and they shouldn't be any more difficult than others. I think that they are susceptible to squash bugs. Oh, the reason they're wondering is that their, their summer squash already has fruit, but these others seem to be kind of strong. I would just be patient. The cooler temperatures, right? Uh, Diane on this uh, sandy bench says, since the weather has stayed cooler, is it still okay to prune or transplant established Oregon grape? Not really. It should be done when it's dormant and the leaves are still red. They kind of turn a plum red, Mm -hmm. purple color for the fall and winter. And so I would just wait unless you absolutely have to move them. I would just wait for mid to late October. All right. Brad is on the line in Farmington. Good morning, Brad. What was your question? Uh, good morning. So I've got some quat grass growing in some strawberries. I didn't get it pulled early enough. So I'm just wondering if there's something I can do to mitigate that. Uh, you can try to keep hand pulling to try to diminish it that way. Um, is it crabgrass or quat grass? Quack grass. Okay. That's not ever good news. Um, the only other thing I know to do is where you see it coming up in a bunch is just take and, boy, it's kind of hard to do, but you need to mix up some Roundup or something similar like Killzall and put it in a container and just maybe brush the grass itself and try to keep that Roundup off the strawberries. You might be able to, if you got a bunch of it, put it into like a gallon Ziploc still connected to the ground and just seal that Ziploc over the top and then put a hole in the Ziploc and spray into the bag and leave it there um, for 24 hours. That would be something else you might be able to try. 
Okay. So, um, you know, a, a 2,4-D product wouldn't work for that? or That would, 2,4-D won't do anything for grasses. That's a lawn weed killer, and it would kill your strawberries. Now, okay. there are some grass killers out there that you might be able to look at. There's over the top and post, but you would need to read those labels and look at them. I don't have them in front of me, but over the top and post or grass killers, you might be able to try over the tops of the strawberries, but I would do it after you're done harvesting. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks for your call this morning. Next listener, Ton, says they would like to kill some grass growing in a bed of vinca in Orem. Uh, what would be your suggestions? Grass and vinca. I would just look at one of those products like Post or Over the Top. If it's Kentucky bluegrass, mm-hmm. that particular grass is fairly resistant to most herbicides that kill other grasses. But, and that's what most of us have in our yards. Yes, right? it is. Yeah. I mean, when you put those beds in, you all you have to keep a border between the two that's just free of plants. And so a lot of people will go in and either hand spade that or they'll do it like a strip of using glyphosate and just kill a strip around the vinca bed to keep the Kentucky bluegrass out. I feel your pain. Let me just say that. You know, for years we've had that border along our sidewalk that goes up to our courtyard, and it never had grass in it. But, you know, suddenly, last couple of years, uh, I didn't do a great job of keeping the grass out of there, and, like, I'm going to have to start over. Yeah, it's just one of those things that you get to a point that you can't clean the grass out of different ground covers. And... You can try some of the herbicides and see if they work, but you do hit a point that it's like you almost just need to start over. Well, I'm killing the ground cover along with the grass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. Okay, we need to take a break. When we come back, John, you will be up next. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. Text us, 57500. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 